I haven't been sleeping. I haven't been clear in my head. Or felt like myself. Sick. Nauseous. Sleepy. Her everything looks distorted and everything inside just kind of aches and you can barely find the will to complain. And that's Jack Nicholson from As Good As It Gets and Have You Had That Feeling? Day after day you wake up, you just feel depressed, down in the dumps, you just feel like the whole world feels like a black cloud and you don't know how to get out of that muck. And wherever you turn, it seems like you've got stress, you've got problems in your life, you've got work to get done, you've got projects that have been unfinished forever, your kids are yelling at you, your marital relationship is not good and work's not good. What do you do? Do you just throw in the towel and remain depressed? Or do you figure a way to start to gently put your life back together? And that's where it starts. It starts with yourself, not beating up on yourself, but taking, uh, just taking stock of what needs to be done. Some people call it a brain dump. You take a piece of paper and you take everything that's on your mind and you dump it out on paper. You write it down, write, write, write. Make lists if you prefer to write it in lists so you can actually write it out longhand. Not Actually writing it out, it's a little better than doing it on a computer because it slows your mind down. Your hands are, you're, you're getting different tactile sensations with your hands, you're thinking of it, you're hearing the thoughts in your head. So you're, you're just giving a little more thought to what's going on in your life. And then you can prioritize. You might circle the thing that's most important to get done. It might be working on your relationship. It might be uh, maybe cleaning one closet or cleaning one area in your house. Uh, It may be doing something at work, getting a project done for work, but you can't do it all at once. So you want to learn how to prioritize and be good with a method of prioritizing, meaning don't beat yourself up. You're doing the most important project and you're saying, yes, but I should also be doing these, which makes you unable to focus. That isn't fair to yourself. So you want to learn how to basically think yourself out of a depression. Of course, therapy can help tremendously because it teaches skills. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. I'm a clinical psychologist. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. How can you think yourself out of a depression? It's not just thinking, it's acting on your better thoughts and and avoiding catastrophic thoughts. You know, I'll never, I'll always be a failure. I'll never get anywhere in life. You want to avoid those types of thoughts and then really have an action plan on how to uh, how to move forward in life. Uh, you can write down my number, give me a call, toll-free, 1-877-DRKENNER. And you can also visit my website, drkenner.com, drkenner.com. Here's a question I received from Sharon. Hi, Dr. Kenner. I feel like I'm a robot run by a program. Since I was very young, I would ask, what do I do? And I'd be very bored and aimless when someone wouldn't give me the proper response. Now I'm 16 years old. How do I break free of the cycle of waiting for people to tell me what to do? How do I motivate myself to do things? How do I enjoy my life, not just when my environment happens to be fun, but at any point? I want to learn to adapt to my my environment to me rather than the other way around. 
I barely motivated myself enough to write this email. I'm not depressed as in sad or angry, by the way. That would probably be better than this, fit, than this, this feeling of aimlessness. Sharon, and I agree with you. If you were depressed or angry, at least you've got some motivation. But when you try to deaden all your emotions and you wait for life to happen, it's aim, you get that feeling of aimlessness, purposelessness. And that's the exact opposite of what you want in life. If you wanted to torture yourself, or if anybody wanted to torture themselves, what they could do is become aimless, not set any goals, not set, not have any values in life, not allow yourself to form values. And when I mean values, I mean hobbies, uh, whether it's uh, kayaking or hiking or biking or dancing or reading, you know, joining a book club or bowling hobbies, I mean, I mean, other values such as romantic values or values such as a career or a job that you enjoy, or values such as good friendships or good, good friendships, even within families, maybe you're very close to one sister or brother. And you want to develop those friendships and pursue those those very rich relationships or activities you enjoy or goals you set at work or or uh, to find that romantic partner. So aimlessness is a terrible self-punishment, Sharon. Um, what is so good, though, is you were motivated to identify it, not just to yourself, but to reach out for help. So there's a part of you that really wants to fight for your own happiness. You want a more interesting life. It's boring being aimless. So how do you learn to own your own life? You start by understanding yourself. At least give yourself some clarity. Why have I been aimless? Well, it could be what? It could be that I once tried to pursue a really important goal and I failed as a young kid. I couldn't make the I didn't make the team and I just said, oh, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I don't wanna ever feel that pain. Or it could be you had one of those what do they call them? Hovercraft parents, an overbearing parent who always made your important decisions. And when you tried to override their choices, but mom, I don't want to eat this. No, mom, I don't like this movie. No, mom, I do not like playing the piano. Please don't force me. They forced you and you just threw in the towel because, man, they're bigger than you. They're they're in charge of the, your food and you didn't know how to fight the battle with them. And you just gave up on pursuing your own values. Another reason that people sometimes give up on themselves is they see a sibling excelling in what they think is everything, but they conclude that that you know, my sister, my brother's a success in life, and I'm I'm inadequate. I'm less so. So I even try. So it could be in a sibling context that people give up on themselves. Or sometimes people are told that you're only good, Sharon, if you live for others, if you cater to others, and that it's bad to focus on yourself to set those personal goals that I was just talking about. If that's the case, you want to learn that this is your life and that it is proper and it is 
moral to pursue your happiness, to pursue your goals. Rationally, of course, you're not going to take advantage of other people, but you want to grasp that point and then give yourself permission to practice doing so, like you did in writing the emails. So having the proper ideas matters so much to your own motivation. And I'm going to go over a few examples, Sharon. If you think this is my life, and even if I failed in some endeavor in the past, that's no reason to give up on myself. I'm going to learn from my setbacks and I'm going to set new goals for myself. That would make you less aimless. Or if your mother was overbearing or your father, you could say, you know, my mother made all my big choices in the past, but I want to design my own life. Not in rebellion to her, but based on choosing values that will truly bring me longer range happiness. Now that that's a huge accomplishment. Or if, you, if it was a sibling's issue, you could say, even though my sister and brother excel in many things, that doesn't mean that I can't have a good life too. What are my top interests? What would I like my future to be like? Uh, you want to, I know I went back to school when I was in my 20s, after I had read The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand, that I discovered the motivation to pursue my dreams. So I wish the same for you. And uh, you can also read my book, The Selfish Path to Romance, that I wrote with Dr. Ed Lack. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. One night in-